Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. The hell's the matter with you, stupid? We're all very different people. We're Watusi. We're not Spartans. We're Americans with a capital A, huh? Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I'm joined by... New recruit, Brendan Fitzpatrick. That's... We're heading to basic training this week. We were talking about stripes. Uh, last week we talked about MASH. And due to a uh, military comedy connection and others, we will be talking about stripes, the comedy starring Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, among others. Then at the end of the episode, we will pick our next movie based on connections sent in from you, the listeners, us, your hosts. So we will be talking about stripes in detail. So if you've never seen it, you can watch it. Uh, I think you have to rent it, though, I believe. Right, Brendan? Uh, yeah, I got it through the uh, Stars Amazon hookup thing. But yeah, I mean, if you don't have oh, Stars or Amazon, right. yeah, if you don't have Stars or Amazon, you have probably had to rent it. Yeah. yeah, I actually it's funny. I um, as I was going through my Amazon, apparently there was like a slick deals for this where it was free sometime uh-huh. in the last couple of years. And so I re- I purchased it. I purchased it on Amazon. Uh and I've never watched the purchase that I uh, that I got, but until yesterday. Was it, was it part of some sort of Vilma or Harold Ramis collection? Or no, just... I think it was just like, you know, randomly they'll have like, this movie is for free to buy with this promo code. I think it was just yeah, one of those. Interesting. Um, no idea why I bought this movie, but I, I it was a digital purchase, so it's not like I have a DVD or Blu-ray right. for it. You don't actually own it. I mean, technically, Amazon still owns it, so, you know. Yeah, if you te- someday Amazon could go away. <laughs> they could shoot in, shoot into outer space, and then exactly. uh, I lose exactly. my copy of Stripes. Right. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, so we're going to talk about Stripes. Check it out on Stars on Amazon if you haven't seen it. Uh, and, uh, of course, if you just want to hop ahead to when we pick our movie for next week, we'll put that timestamp in the description of this podcast, as always. But, of course, we're going to have a good discussion, so you should pause this podcast, go watch the movie, come back, and listen you can submit your feedback to us when we do pick that movie for next week, themovieladder at gmail.com, at LadderMovie on Twitter. Follow us on Letterboxd, The Movie Ladder. Make sure you're sending us your feedback, ratings, questions, comments, and next movie connections. All right, Brendan, how was basic training for you? Uh, basic training for me has been going pretty well. Um, I am back in the district from spending a couple of weeks at my mom's in South Carolina, uh, not too far from actually the Army uh, recruiting station at uh, Paris Island. It's only about 20 miles away from where my mom lives. So, um, you know, I could have stayed home and gone to Paris Island and trained with all of the Marines and Army men there instead of coming back here to watch Stripes. I might have had a much better time. Um, <laughs> but you might have, uh, you wouldn't have had your microphone though. If you would have That's a good point. I wouldn't have had my microphone. So it's nice to be back. I hope I sound better. Yeah. You're like, you know, we got Brennan, we got Brennan back in high definition. This no, no one, no one gave us uh, any feedback that I sounded shitty the last two podcasts. So, you know, maybe they're just being nice. But... Right. Well, I mean, you know, everybody has some off audio weeks. I don't know if you've listened to Rob Sesternino's podcast lately, but, uh, his audio is not that great and he's the king. So. 
Well, you know, I mean, you know, we, we have a couple of uh, listeners that I'm sure are also listeners to a certain podcast that you and I greatly enjoy where the audio, audio is always a little awkward from time yeah, to time. Yeah, sometimes it's sometimes <laughs> the audio is really deep. Sometimes it's off. Sometimes uh, we're it's definitely, loud. We're definitely fans of that podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, well, good to have you back in coming to you live from your apartment. You're back. Um, and we got Stripes to talk about this week but before we do yeah brendan what was the best thing you watched this week so not only was this a return to washington dc for me this week but i chose this weekend to be my official return to movie theaters Zach, i went to the theater i went to the angelica pop-up by union market and i watched in the heights and you watched, there the, were, you watched the stage performance i well screen. i saw in the heights yeah. On, a, on a screen and it was the closest i've come to live theater in a very long time uh there were a couple of uh other people in the in the theater but everybody was pretty cool um it was quiet there were a few few laughs and a few gasps but mostly everybody just sat there and was bobbing their heads and tapping their feet and really enjoying the movie and i can say that i'm one of those people that greatly enjoyed it um does it hold up to the high bar that we and everyone else in the world set for Hamilton? Uh, no, but is it still a really good time at the theater with lots of really great music and solid acting and singing and dancing? Absolutely. Um, I think it would be very hard to go watch In the Heights and have a bad time. Um, I, I had a really good time within the Heights. Uh, what about you? I think you saw it this weekend too, right? Yeah. Uh, so... I have, uh, I did see in the Heights, um, and I had a kind of obnoxious crowd. I'm already missing, uh, <laughs> not having movie theaters. The woman behind me was like, uh, so she was especially bad, but like the whole crowd would clap after every musical performance, which like you don't do that do if that. you're at do that at the movie theater. No, don't do, don't do that at the movie. Don't the do performers that. can't hear you. Uh, right. it's different when they're on stage. And then the woman directly behind me was just like so verbal about everything. She was like uh, yeah. solidly verbal about everything that happened in the movie. They would share like a pot of stew, which the stew looked very good. Yeah. And she was like, yum. Or yeah. there would be a I reveal. I might have said that out loud at one point when they did pull the lid off the stew. I might have gone, oh my God, that looks delicious. But I can't, I'm not sure if I said it out loud so, or in my head. It's um, different though. It's it's hard, very hard to explain, but right. it's not like, you know, I know sometimes you like watch a movie and you'll like say a like, you'll say something like if you said, oh, my God, that looks so good. That would be less annoying than like the way that she's acting is like she's saying what's in her mind. Like your mind is right, saying, right, 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 mm. right. Or like you. there would be a yeah. reveal in the movie where a character would reveal something and she would go, hmm. Like she's like, mm, like, like she's, she's like nodding out loud. Right. Yes. She's thinking, yes. She's thinking out loud, but not actually adding anything to the conversation. Got she's it. just like emotional. Like she's emoting. expressing her emotions. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Emoting. So it's very hard to explain, but it was the most <laughs> annoying thing ever. And she did it for the entire movie. And <laughs> I, she was with like her whole family. And I cannot imagine watching movies with this woman on a regular basis. Like, can you imagine just any movie you watch? She's just. That would, be, that, noises yeah, like that would that. be very very frustrating um i think we've had some friends that we've watched movies with in the past that are very verbal uh movie watchers even for stuff that they've seen before like my mom is also that type of person like where in the middle of the movie she will just like start reacting and asking questions and being like just watch just watch the movie yeah it's fine. But, yeah you know, it's, yeah it's i can different it's yeah i don't know I, yeah what yeah you but 
Yeah, especially in a theater. Like, don't talk when you're in the theater. Right. And if you well, do, I, like, whisper very, very quietly. Yeah. And, tr- and try not to sit near anybody else if you're going to hear what, that. What I would say is I think I would be annoyed, but I would also be understanding because that person is having probably their first experience back in the theater in a very long time. So but let them their first have experience their, seeing you know. something on screen. Come on. Right. Uh, but I mean, you know, I was, I was having a very visceral reaction to my first time back in a theater in 16 months and everyone reacts to the experience and is going to react to the experience in a different way. Yeah. So I understand. Well, I didn't say anything plans, about but, you know. her. Or I didn't say anything to her. I'm just saying things about right. her on a podcast that yeah, she's probably enough, not going to listen to. Fair um, enough. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I did see in the Heights. Um, it is not the best thing I watched this week. I thought it was good. Um, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was kind of very cheesy at times, like even cheesier than you would get with a normal musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it used a little bit of like emotional manipulation stuff yeah, to just like make sure. the character sympathetic. And, um, you know, it was definitely good. I'm glad I saw it. I would recommend everybody, you know, at least yeah, check it there out. There were a HBO lot Netflix. of very easy go to manipulative uh script tropes like this character's ex is dead or this person's ex is divorced or this person's ex is moving away and it's like they're all very like nothing was um unique about the circumstances of the um of the plot layout you know what i mean The characters, I thought, thought, were very unique, and they're telling a a really interesting multicultural story with people from all these different backgrounds. Um, I was surprised there's no LGBT uh, representation Mm -hmm. in that movie, at least that I noticed. Maybe there were, but especially for a musical, uh, you know, that has so much diversity to not have that. Set in New York City, yeah. Set in New York City and released during Pride Month as well. Uh, I didn't notice any of that. but, you know, and there were like there were some really, really cool musical performances. I love there's yeah. one that takes place at a pool that really I think that will stick with me. That was that was the highlight for me as yeah. well. Yeah. And the opening number as well. The opening number is really good. Um, um, I also thought the block party near the end was also really good. Um, this really had a great as someone who lived in New York for a little while and has visited many times. I thought this was a really great New York movie. Yeah, great bodega it, movie. I mean, it makes you yeah. want to go to the bodega for sure. Yeah, it made me want to go to a bodega and get a get a sandwich and a soda. Like it, it very much reminded me of New York, and it also was a really great um, uh, food movie, as we said. Like I thought it was a really, like I wanted to eat immediately afterwards, so I went over to Union Market and I got two empanadas from the uh, Latin food stand. Oh, nice. Inside the yeah. market and had a couple of beef empanadas and they were freaking delicious and it was like, yeah. Yeah. but um yeah it was it, I really liked the movie in this food you would have liked yeah. eating the movie in this food, um, <laughs> yeah so I thought it was good I, speaking of food I did feel like some of the musical performances kind of like felt like they could have been Coca Cola ads like just the Fair way enough. that they're filmed <laughs> like all these people in bright colors dancing in the streets reminded yeah. me like I I could just see somebody oh, yeah. like pull out a Coke and it'd be like enjoy Coca Cola especially like the fabric one where all the fabric is flying across the streets and, mm-hmm. yeah yeah you but, kind of expect a banner ad to pop up yeah mm-hmm. I, I would say like even though I'm not the highest on this movie I still liked it it's still in mm-hmm. my top three but really I don't see it i don't know if it'll even be in my top 10 by the end of the year um but i would say see in the theater because it's yeah. you just will get more out of it on the big right. screen and if you're if you feel comfortable going to theaters which yeah. like theaters really aren't very very busy right now so there's not gonna be a lot of people around you now is a good time for sure yeah um it did make me really excited for west side story which comes out in december 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is probably going to blow in the heights out of the water, if I had to guess. Um, oh, interesting. As far yeah, as I felt like experience. you could definitely ladder from In the Heights to West Side Story, the yeah. original, very easily. We're, we're just going to travel through time and do it now. Yeah. So, uh, so that's not the best thing I watched this week. But, um, there are a lot of op- options for this. Uh, I watched Fast Five, which probably is the best thing I watched this week, but there yeah. is an hour and a half of me talking about that on a podcast mm-hmm. elsewhere. So. Uh, I tweeted it out at Brooks ZA. It's on uh, for your ears only. For your ears your ears ears. only. Yes, the podcast feed is for your ears only, though. Yep. Um, so check that out if you want to hear about Fast Five. Um, but I actually am going to do a TV recommendation as the best thing this week. So um, I have been catching up on the second season of Atlanta, which it just had been on my watch list for a while, and I just mm-hmm. never got around to watching it. And it, it, I've been kind of hot and cold on the season, but I watched the penultimate episode last night called okay. FUBU. Okay. And it's a flashback episode of the two main characters when uh, they're in middle school, I believe. And it's just, you know, uh, Atlanta's like a half hour mm-hmm. semi-comedy, like dramatic comedy. Um, this wasn't a super funny episode, but I just thought it was really well done. And um, you don't even have the main actors in it at all. It's all kid actors. Okay. But it just, uh, you know, penultimate episodes are usually pretty good. And I thought this was definitely the high, the high point of the second season for me. Interesting. So. Yeah, I, I um have checked out a little of Atlanta. I it's hard to remember if I actually finished the first season or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did, and I just never started season two. But um, every it episode is definitely is show very that, different. So it's, it's like it it sometimes is hard to remember what happens in the episodes because there's not yeah. even really that much of a narrative through line. They're each kind of their own little mini movie. Yeah. Um, and some are and it. I think with Atlanta, some episodes are really good, and some episodes I are pretty forgettable. Um, but production quality is always good and the cast is amazing. It's, uh, you know, not in this episode, but in, uh, in normal episodes, you've got Donald Glover, you've got Brian Tyree Henry, you have Lakeith Stanfield and, um, now I'm blanking on the female characters or the female. I I know there's a very famous episode. I guess season two is the last season, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's coming back because everybody on that is such a big, star now yeah i believe that they are filming a season three but there's no or at least there's a season three in production but there's no sign of when it may come out i know there's a very famous episode from season two called teddy perkins and i've heard that floating around and i have no idea what that means but i'm very curious to eventually find out when i go back to it yeah that's that's definitely the most memorable episode that's the one that's on all the critics list yeah it is the teddy perkins episode Uh, sassy beats is the is the actress i was trying to think of i wanted to say nene leaks and i was like i know that's (laughs) no that's a yeah, that's a real, real housewife. housewife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Zazzy Beats is uh, yeah. awesome. This. Uh, yeah, Teddy Perkins. Uh, I will be interested when you if you ever catch up with Teddy Perkins. Okay. It's, uh, very, it's a very interesting episode. Um, the second season has been a lot of kind of individual actor highlights. So, like, there's, mm-hmm. like, Keith Stanfield, like, basically is the only one in an episode. Or Brian Tyree Henry is the only one. You know, really, like, the episode is kind of focused around his character. And, again, not much of a narrative through line, but... Um, I'm interested in seeing what happens in the finale. One more episode's left. but um, And I will also give a shout-out for Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Uh, not the best <laughs> thing I watched this week, but it was just so much fun. Way it's better fun. than 3 and 2. Uh, I, I, it's so 80s. It was it was just a blast. And, I had a lot of and, fun watching that. And I, speaking of musicals, I did see three other musicals over the weekend uh, on my own in for my latter um on Friday night, I watched Hair, followed by Cabaret, both of which I greatly enjoyed. Cabaret is just 
incredible. Um, I'm sure I had seen it before when I was younger, but did an official log of it on Friday night and just absolutely loved it. And then Bob Burnham's new comedy musical Inside. I watched, oh, you did watch that. Um, I watched and it was weird and sort of tragically funny where mm-hmm. he's basically just um, using his depression as humor. And it's mm-hmm. very like darkly comedic is what I would say. Um, you You definitely have to be in a mood to watch it and appreciate it. Um, otherwise, you're just going to be like, oh, my God, this guy is making me feel bad, and I don't want to watch this. Like, I'm not... Yeah. You have to be in a very specific mood for it. For when sure. my brother was in town, I walked upstairs, and he was watching it. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, he was about 20 minutes into it when I came upstairs. And so I just sat with headphones on and was listening to podcasts and just hanging out in there. I didn't actually pay too much attention, but from what I gathered, it seemed pretty weird. And yeah. um, at some point, I'd like to watch it, but I, I figured I might as well wait till I'm actually going to start from the beginning. Nice. Speaking uh, of happy birthday, Aaron J. Brooks, if you want to yes. say this. And speaking of musicals, his podcast uh, just did Chicago because they had to do a Tony Award winning oh, nice. musical as their movie. I told him, I said, oh, you man. could have been okay, super crossing timely. that off of my connection list then. Uh, I, well, I was going to say he could have <laughs> been super timely yeah. and done uh, In the Heights because and, and I looked and Heights yeah. did win a Tony. But yeah, uh, happy birthday to Aaron J. Brooks and our former co-host, Av Sinensky. True. Thank you. Yes, this, is, this has been the birthday ladder podcast. Birthday ladder uh, podcast. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, we've talked about everything but stripes. So uh, I know <laughs> it's. <laughs> I, I don't know if people can tell. We don't really feel like talking about stripes. <laughs> um, All right. So here's here's the deal with stripes, y'all. Stripes is a cute, not hot comedy. It's fine. It's a perfectly good replacement level '80s comedy. That is a great first effort or second effort after Caddyshack for two incredible icons of comedy, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, uh, released in 1981, co-starring such people as John Larroquette and uh, John Candy, who actually is probably the highlight of the film for me. Um, He's just having an incredibly good time, um, you can tell. Uh, I believe this is Ivan Reitman's third film as director mm. um the thing is this movie was initially and i think one reason that it feels so off zach is that this movie was initially conceived and pitched as cheech and chong joined the army oh interesting which i don't know if that makes this movie better or worse but it certainly makes it more unique whereas so stripes basically sets a template for war comedies that that you know is goes away for a little while but catapults back into existence in the 90s with your renaissance man starring danny devito and you're in the army now starring Polly shore and mm-hmm. a few other movies that all came out around that time trying to revive the war comedy genre yeah. and none of them really work but i'm not also convinced that stripes totally works either but i still think it's a solid effort I, I think that it's uniquely written. I think that a lot of jokes don't age great. A lot of the um, quote-unquote jokes aren't jokes at all. They're just very typical comedy of the 80s with using sexualization of females as humor, like you mm-hmm. would see in a Porky's or Animal House. Yeah, that's what this time. reminded me of for sure, um, is that like 80s rock yeah. comedy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's... It was an interesting one to revisit after MASH, I think, mm-hmm. 
Um, definitely has a lot of connections to MASH, just in Absolutely. kind of the humor, the themes. And it, it, it does have that... Out. Yeah. yeah, it does have that episodic feel. Like, this feels like a season of a TV show, much yeah. like MASH did. Um, sure. It's just really my takeaway after watching MASH last week, which I liked, but, you know, like, wasn't it wasn't my favorite movie. I don't think it's worthy of the, uh, you know, the high praise that MASH gets. Mm-hmm. But MASH was leaps better than Stripes, I thought. Um, I... I I just didn't enjoy myself at all watching Stripes. And the whole time I was watching, I was like, okay, like this, I guess, like if I was in middle school, some of this stuff Mm -hmm. would have been funny. Um, I guess that's why they call the humor sophomoric. But it it just like outside of, of, you know, I I like Bill Murray and I like it. And I really like Harold Ramis's performance in this. I think he's very lovable. Um, Even though he's like a, he's an asshole. I just think that like, you just want to like hug Harold Ramis, right? He's yeah, like, it's like, but it's like two two assholes join the army is basically what it is, and it's right. like, which is what it, Mash was, right? I mean, yeah. Mash was assholes in the army, and that, we're not yes, going to make yeah. that our title connection because I don't want on our feed assholes in the army, right? Right? Because right. I just I don't think that's a good idea. But uh, that really is like the connection between these two movies. I, I would say arrogance in the army. Yeah, I just think we could just say oh, military yeah. comedy. Uh, yeah, like maybe um, raunchy we'll, military comedy. Raunchy military comedy. Yeah, yeah, that works. We'll get to that in title connection. We will, but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't like. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I did. I did appreciate the relationship between Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, the platoon, and the drill sergeant, mm-hmm. where it's actually a little more lighthearted than the typical. Um, even in a war comedy, the drill sergeant is going to be the biggest asshole in the movie. Instead, he's sort of in on a lot of the jokes mm-hmm. that they make. And the true asshole of the movie is the John Larroquette captain. And he is, I do think he's like a yeah. very kind of your typical 80s villain. And I thought yeah, he was exactly. pretty good um, yeah. as well. Um, you know, he plays that asshole a lot. The problem I have is that he's not that different from our heroes in this right Right, like the way that he's like pervert he's like a perverted character in the military is not that different from john winger and so like there's a lot of the same things they are right so it's why is he the villain just with an Um, air of authority right yeah exactly he's got the authority he's a little bit more arrogant than they are um but it did make me like just john larroquette in this kind of role and wish we would have seen Mm -hmm. him a little bit more i think he he his performance was really good yeah, and he actually, they rinse and repeat with John Larroquette, ironically enough, kind of connected to um, this movie. There's a sequel to Meatballs called Meatballs 2 that wait, takes place wait, wait, wait. in camp. But the Bill sequel Murray's to Meatballs is called yeah. Meatballs 2? But Bill Murray's not in it. Like, it's a very loose sequel. Mm-hmm. And John Larroquette plays the captain of a army camp where all his characters are soldiers and he's wearing the exact same costume. Mm. It's the exact same costume. And I, I almost put it as a connection, but that movie is even worse than this one. And I wasn't going to subject our listeners to that. But if you look up Meatballs 2, John Larroquette is basically wearing the exact same costume. You talking. Get me two. Yeah, exactly. Get yeah. me two Meatballs. Yeah. Meatballs 2. Um, I, meatballs and Stripes, I probably saw both of them around the same time. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely had seen Stripes before, but I couldn't tell you much about it. I didn't really remember it, but I just remember not really liking it that much. And and then, you know, now some time has passed and I thought, well, maybe I just missed a lot of the humor. Maybe a lot of mm-hmm. it went over my head and maybe I still miss the humor. I just 
outside of stuff in the beginning of the movie, I didn't laugh very much watching this. Right. I didn't laugh very much in the beginning. Um, and I did like, I think a lot of the jokes reminded me of stuff that was done better in other movies afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like the mud wrestling is very much akin to scenes that are done in nineties and two thousands comedies later that may come up in our connections. Oh, good. Um, All right. I, I struggle but, with connections with this one as well. But um, you know, I mean, so. I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but there's a certain comedy with a bunch of sophomoronic uh, characters that involves a man versus women wrestling match Ooh. in a, in a basement. And okay, that yeah, it's very much you know. reminded me of that. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. And I do think like last week we talked about, um, you know, how that military, how Nat, Nash, I keep wanting to call it Nashville, even Nash, though that's a Nashville. different movie, Nashville. Nashville, how Mash kind of was a military movie, but it reminded me of both college movies and right. camp movies. And Absolutely. what you've talked about so far with this movie is Meatballs 2 and then uh, what I'm assuming Animal is a college House. movie. Yeah, and, and Animal House. House. And Animal and House. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe Animal House may even have a mud wrestling slash frat wrestling scene yeah, in the basement. Yeah, so many yeah, of these it, 80s comedies, yeah. it's been a long time. Have Stripes, Meatballs, Porkies, Animal yeah. House. I've seen them all, but none of them have I seen recently enough that I could tell you much about right. them. For sure. So. Um, well, we're, so, I mean, we're going to get into this probably when we start talking about connections, but how did you feel? So we've done a later, we did one of the latest Murray and Ramus collaborations in Groundhog Day last Right, that was the last one before they're falling out, I believe. Uh, yeah, right? so how did you feel this was as the beginning of their collaboration? Could you see a path from here to Groundhog Day, or did you... Yeah, well, they did have Caddyshack before this, right? right? So Caddyshack... But Ramus was wasn't the... in it, so... Right, but he directed and wrote Caddyshack. Right. And um, he didn't direct Stripes. He wrote Stripes. Um, And, you know, and then you can draw a through line between, you know, Harold Ramis, Ivan Reitman, and Bill Murray uh, to 1984 in Ghostbusters. Um, What was your question about? Was it about? How did you feel feel this compared, I guess, to Groundhog Day? Oh, I mean, nowhere close. Uh, Okay. I mean, you know, Harold Ramis isn't really in Groundhog Day except one scene. True. Uh, But Groundhog Day, there's just so much more. It so much more to work with bill murray is just so you know he's really kind of developed his voice as an as a comedic actor at that point um it's and, you know it's been a while since i've seen caddyshack but um you know i i've and you know he wrote animal house before this as well i mean yeah. both of those movies i remember being a lot funnier than this right. um and and just being more iconic more quotable um I mean, Stripes, you know, before we started this podcast, usually I have a quote written down to open the podcast with. I didn't even have a quote written down. I had to go to the IMDb quotes page to find something yeah. to open this podcast because it was just like, that's just how little I got out of this movie. Yeah, so. I mean, the the, the, the the most unintentionally funny scene to me was when, you know, John Larroquette is dressing down the platoon, saying that he's going to funk them all out of basic training and then they're just going to have to do basic training again and i'm like that's not how any of this works that's just not how the army works it's if you squawk out of basic training you're out you don't have to redo basic training mm-hmm. at least in my knowledge of how the military works you just get a discharge and you know it's not like grade school where you have to repeat the grade you know it's it's, yeah. it's just not how any of this works. It was like they wrote a movie about the military with having zero idea how 
Well, and that's the military fine. would I, I'm, work. And I'm I get not the coming text. to. I'm not coming to stripes for like military Edges. accuracy. That's fine. no. I don't need the but, accuracy. No, I'm no. I'm not, and I'm not saying I do either. But I at least needed to make some semblance of sense to a degree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or if you're gonna make a joke of it, it needs to be a good joke. Yeah, like, and that's what yeah. it, there just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure like some of the stuff in the '80s. You know, it's it's hard because you can't. You know, we had this with Mash too. It's it. You got to kind of put the movie in the time period where it is. So yeah. I'm not gonna totally fault this movie for having like sophomoric, uh, sexist jokes in it. I mean, right. it's not great, but it's you know they didn't make this movie in 2021. They made this movie right. in 1981. Um, actually, you know, uh, this came out June 26th, so we are just off of the 40 year anniversary of this movie. Wow, happy 40 year anniversary! I bet right. there's a Ringer podcast coming out next week. I, about it. Yeah, I, I, I'd be <laughs> curious if they did this one. Probably um, they would. It's probably one of Bill, Bill Simmons' favorites. Right, and so it's you know it it the jokes aren't great. Um, mm-hmm. But they're just also just not funny to me. Like, there's nothing yeah. in this that I could point back to and say. Uh, and I hate that we're both shitting on this movie. It's I, I, I never have fun listening to podcasts where it's two hosts shitting on a movie. And it's bad because I love everyone in this movie. Right, exactly. I was I, so – so uh, here's yeah. how I felt about this movie. I pulled the clip last week to end the podcast, and I pulled the mm. um, do I diddy when they're marching. Yeah. And so I watched that on YouTube as I was pulling that audio for the podcast. Yeah. And as I was watching that, I think I texted you and I said, I am so excited to watch Stripes next week. This scene is hilarious. That like, this is, is great. Yeah. That was the high point of the movie, though. There was yeah, nothing exactly. that reached the, like, absurdity of them marching and singing do wah diddy Yeah, and the then the, raz- the razzle-dazzle drill is also pretty good when they come in at the last second and they do the razzle-dazzle drill. But that's not because it's funny. It's because it's just like, oh, look at these guys. This is mm-hmm. nifty. Yeah. You know, and I do actually kind of like the way the movie yeah. ends with everybody getting like their different yeah. like magazine cover. Yeah, you know, they national on Tiger Beat. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that stuff is funny and I you know I I like that uh Stillman ends up in uh Antarctica or wherever yeah. he was like somewhere really cold uh in the Arctic, you know, yeah. Yeah. That kind of that stuff is kind of funny. Um I could I not tell like, you of the two female characters which one was Stella and which one was Louise. I couldn't either. Uh, I know Sean Young is the one with the lighter hair. Okay. I I feel like which I've seen Sean Young in a I'm ton of movies. Her with dark hair. I'm right, I've seen her with dark hair. So she is speaking of problematic comedies. She mm. is in Ace Ventura, um, right. and that's where I feel like I most know Sean Young from. Yeah, I, I mostly know her from. When Tim Burton didn't cast her as Catwoman and she went on, I think it was Geraldo, and, like, made a scene. She came out dressed as Catwoman on some daytime talk show and, like, did this whole monologue to Tim Burton about, like, how dare he not cast her as Catwoman. And she, like, Mm -hmm. had a whip and leather and, like, was pretending to be Catwoman. It was wild. Hmm. You should look that up on YouTube later. Yeah. Should we do uh, Catwoman? I'm pretty talking about Catwoman lately. So. <laughs> Let's not do Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, but um, I did really like the 18 van. Once they yes, I was just going to ask. So, you know, another another Harold Ramis, Bill Murray joint, obviously, is yeah. Ghostbusters. How would you compare the Winnebago van in this to the, uh, uh, what is it, a hearse that they use as yeah, the, it's a, uh, it's an the Ghostbusters it's an car? So what I will say is that the outside, obviously, of the Ghostbusters um, ambulance is far more iconic. I don't think it's an ambulance. Awesome. It's an ambulance. I'm pretty sure it's a hearse. 
I thought it was a converted ambulance. All right, like, we're going to go to the expert on this. We're, we're going to get a live answer. Yeah, so uh, you keep talking, and I'll go to the expert. We're, we're watching Ghostbusters next week, then. Right. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think the outside of the Ghostbusters car is more iconic than the inside, and the inside of this, with all the tricks and gadgets and computers, is more iconic than the outside of the van, is yeah. what I would say. Yeah. I think the inside, with all the guns and the computers and the gadgets is pretty awesome and much better than the inside of the Ghostbusters car. Yeah, so I do really, I do really like that that car. I wish we would have gotten more of that because uh, mm-hmm. it, it didn't really do anything until the last segment of the movie. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked yeah. it. Um, the other scene that I thought was pretty good was the poker scene. I thought that was funny yeah. um, where uh, they're tricking John Candy's character, tricking Ox into their, oh, you should just bluff. And I mean, yeah. like nobody would really act that stupid no. playing then poker. Then he lost all his money. Yeah. Right. Was, um, was very I've funny. actually been playing a little bit of poker lately. So I'm like, oh, poker scene. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, Get off my corner. Yeah. Uh, Judge Reinhold is in this movie. Yeah. But barely. Yeah. Barely uh, in this movie. I mean, he gets like two lines and he's in the background. And I mean, I like him. I always like him when he shows up on things because he has this like adorable na- naivete about him. Mm-hmm. He's always got that like wide eyed, wow, how about that kind of attitude. And I like him. Like, I yeah. I always like him in those sorts of roles. I mean, I, I might have a couple of Judge Reinhold uh, connections in my uh, in my connections for later. But... Seen Judge Reinhold in anything recently? No, a long time. Is he, um, is he still around? I hope he is. Um, yeah. No, I, I have not seen Judge Reinhold in anything. Maybe he retired. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, he's sixty-four. He lives in Wilmington, Delaware, according to. Interesting. Hmm. Um, maybe he tried to run to be a judge in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, Max says we are both right. He says Cadillac ambulance also used go. as a hearse. Boom. So there you go. All right then. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, later in his career, uh, he was in the Beethoven series. He was in Swing Vote in 2008. Yep. Oh, so. wow. Oh, the Kevin Costner movie that nobody saw. Yeah. yeah. So, um, go to Swing Vote next. Swing Vote. Has that come up before? Have we done a political movie? It may have come up. Yeah. Um, have we done a political movie? That's a good question. Not Nothing is coming to mind. Yeah. I, well, Shampoo might be the closest. Mm. Um, True. And I mean, we've done war movies. Um, yep. Citizen Kane. There was some politics in Citizen True. Kane. Good point, yeah. Um, but that, I think, is... Yeah, we haven't really done any political movies, have we? Um, there is yeah. one that could come up as a, after this one. Mm. So, um, right. Well, uh, anything else that you want? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else yeah, there is just, to talk about. I, mean, I don't want to just like, give this the short shrift, but I don't know what else there is related. I don't. It, to as it. we have said in the past, it's really hard to review comedies, mm-hmm. and it's especially, I think, hard to review a comedy where you didn't necessarily have jokes like you did in Meet the Parents. Like Meet the Parents, we could walk through our favorite scenes because and take it would take an hour because there was ten, 10 to twelve different scenes that we loved between you, me, and Av, and we just had, could recap the whole movie because we all had different favorites. Whereas with this, there really isn't that type of beat-to-beat, joke-to-joke. Um, like you said, I really like the beginning. I really like the ending. The, I, I think the movie was more fun at the times that it was good than it mm-hmm. was fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay, so here's the question. 
Uh, this movie has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Um, and I feel like, like, when Harold Ramos died, people would say, you know, Harold Ramos, who wrote Caddyshack, Animal House, Ghostbusters, Stripes. Like, this was always, like, in the, like, uh, pantheon yeah. of Harold Ramos movies. Uh, and me- and Multiplicity was not, which I argue right. Multiplicity is great. Um, Multiplicity is great. Yeah. So why is this movie held up? And I know we have one review that is very, very high much. on this movie. Yeah. Why? Our, why our do people for this does this all over have just a um, reputation? Does this movie have just like a reputation I of being? I think this movie really has a. Re- I think this movie has the reputation of being the movie that really launched all of these actors into the stratosphere. Between Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, John Candy, um, it it launched all three of them into the stratosphere, and they never stopped working for the next ten to fifteen years. So mm-hmm. I think that's really why it holds up. Like. Judge Reinhold isn't getting cast in the first Beverly Hills Cop if he's not in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Bill Paxton is even in this movie in a supporting role. Yeah, I didn't notice it, him in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I noticed him in one scene if it was him. Um, and then, like, it's just, it, it's sort of a movie that everyone, that I think all of them credit for launching their careers as well. Instead of Caddyshack. I don't think Bill Murray credits Caddyshack for launching his career. I think he credits this movie. Mm-hmm. And so that may be more. I like, uh, I would be curious. I feel like he probably credits Caddyshack. Because he was like iconic in that. Um, and this he's just the lead. Right. But, but I mean, this is his first starring role. Well, was, well Meatballs was before this. Wasn't right. But Meatballs, Meatballs is much more of a cult movie than this was. True. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I do think, like, you look at the cast list for this, you're like, wow, this is a stacked cast. Yeah. Which I think maybe makes it, um, you know, it, it made me more excited to watch this. And, you know, there's some, like you said, more fun than funny, I thought. Um, yeah, definitely. So. Um, well, let's get into feedback and see what some of the listeners said. Maybe that'll uh, spur some other conversation. Absolutely. All right. So first feedback, of course, is from Jeff. Uh Jeff says, one of my favorite comedies, funny and silly. I watched the extended version, which made it more fun because there's about 20 minutes of footage I've never seen. I give it a 4.5. Um, so Jeff was the listener who was very high on this. I, I did like- ask Jeff to uh, recap what was in the extended version, because there is an extended yeah. version of this, which he ended up watching. I uh, wonder if that's maybe what we should have watched, but I wouldn't have subjected the listeners to that. But I Yeah, I... I I thought about it. Um, mm. I wanted to just watch the theatrical cut because I figured Fair that was enough. what most people were going to watch. And after I finished it, I didn't have any desire to go back and watch a 20-minute longer version. But I did ask Jeff what was different in the extended cut than the theatrical since he's so familiar. And he says, there's about 22 minutes of new material. Starts with an extended scene when Bill Murray's character does the five push-ups, shows him laying on the ground, and at this point he's already sold on joining the army. There's a short scene where John Candy swaps his heavy garbage can for Russell's lighter one. Small, but kind of funny. Uh, The biggest difference, though, is an entire 10-minute scene where Russell asks John to get him out of the army. This is after a super hard day of drills. They get on a plane, and then a group of paratroopers hops on, and they tell the sergeant that that they're on a secret mission. They wind up parachuting with them. They wind up capturing, getting captured by some drug lords and are about to be killed when John starts singing. And they all forget about killing them and start singing so John and Russell can escape. They wind up back on the same place with the same group and go back to their base. Pretty weird scene. He can see why they cut it. Uh, 
I actually feel like that would have been interesting because that ties that in a lot of things in this movie that happen. Um, that would have been a better they get captured scene, I think, than what happens near the end of the film as far as how they get captured. Mm-hmm. Um, to I, and you could have if they could have taken that out and made that the premise of the ending of how they got captured. I think that's a better movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I. But, it's weird um, that they cut that because if they film stuff of them like you know these film, it seems like it would be an expensive scene it, to have like them paratrooping and so I'm surprised that they completely cut it to have them get captured twice in the same movie. Right, you know what I, mean? I agree. Yeah. But I like that their singing is what saved them because that True. does tie in with kind of the iconic singing joke, which we go back to two other times in the movie. Yeah, we that get that sense. at the end, and then we have it earlier. Uh, and then he said a bit more nudity when they're with their MP girlfriends. Few other scenes that didn't really make any other real impact on me, yeah. but you could tell you hadn't seen it a little bit with like five or ten seconds added on. So, uh, thank you, Jeff, for watching the extended version and letting us know what was in that. Um, all right, let's move on to our next review. All right, Stefan Johnson, who record, who this this was Stefan's connection this week. Um, so thank you, Stefan, for recommending that we all watch Stripes. Um, now drop down and give us 20. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Stefan says, not sure what the hell I just watched. I think this officially makes it more bad Bill Murray movies I've seen than good ones. Oh, the comedies from the 50s and 60s seem to hold up much better than the comedies from the 70s and 80s. Even all the many, many problems aside in this film, the comedy itself does not hold up. People actually laughed at this, question mark, half a star from Stefan. So this is actually something we could talk about because we did a couple of 50s and 60s comedies, Zach, including uh, The Philadelphia Story, which we found incredibly funny and Mm -hmm. thought that that held up really, really well. Um, What do you think it is that made that hold up and not this? Is it just the the reliance or crutch of the raunchy comedy aspect of Stripes? Yeah, I think it's I think it's that. And I also think it's just that it wasn't funny. Like there weren't a (laughs) lot of like quotes in this. Right. And yeah, there's not a lot of there's just not a lot that you that for me was memorable. Um, You know, raunchy movies like, you know, I I think of like an American Pie, for example. And maybe it's because I was in high school when American Pie came out. So that raunchiness, like I was at the right age for that. Right. Um, But I do think like American Pie or um, or you know, uh, Austin Powers, although I don't even really want to call Austin Powers a raunchy comedy because I think it's a little bit more than that. But those movies just are more memorable to me. You know, there's just not a lot that I, from this, that I can remember being, you know, a scene that I'm going to go back to besides like, you know, the, the marching, which yeah. <laughs> unfortunately I watched the best part of this movie before I watched it. Ahead of time. Whereas I think about the Jimmy Stewart, CK Dexter Haven drug scene, on a weekly basis, like mm-hmm. from Philadelphia story. I love that scene. On a weekly basis? Not a weekly basis, but you know, you you just sometimes have seek the Jimmy Stewart yelling CK Dexter Haven in pop into your head. I mean right. that definitely happens to me. Oh, and I mean the Philadelphia story is one of the great comedies of all time. Yeah. As is Life of Brian, you know, yeah. uh Young Frankenstein. I mean, those those are some really immensely classic quotable. comedies. Immensely yeah. quotable. Um, but how would you say the humor on this held up compared to MASH? Because both are that raunchy humor. Um, um, how would you compare them? I definitely laughed more watching MASH because there were a couple of really good 
quips and one-liners back and forth between our two leads in Alan Alda and, or not Alan Alda, damn it, uh, Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould that you didn't get in this between mm-hmm. Ramis and Murray. Um, Ramis and Murray, there was a lot of conflict in the beginning and the end, but they weren't as quippy back and forth as Sutherland and Gould were in the scenes where they got to spend time to, together. Which uh, pairing would you prefer? Like, which pairing's chemistry do you prefer? And it doesn't have to just be in the movie that they're in, but just in general. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis or Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould? The, and that's actually an interesting question because I think Bill Murray and Harold Ramis are funnier when they're being straight men off of other people or mm-hmm. funny men off of other people rather than each other. Because when they're together, they're just trying to top each other for the quippiest thing, and a lot of times it doesn't come off that funny, or they're on screen at the same time to give you exposition. Not yeah, I think to um tell the jokes. So, right. I think that they're I mean, all four of these actors are very dry. Yeah. You get a little bit more silliness out of Donald Sutherland's character. And mm-hmm. L.A. Gould is is kind of the straight the straight dry man. Um, Harold Ramis definitely the straight man in the movies with Bill Murray, and Bill Murray is that drier, sarcastic. Right. Um, and it's really hard for I mean you know Ghostbusters is like one of my all time favorites, so it's really hard for me to pick anybody other than Harold Ramis and Bill Murray together. But. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that they are certainly more iconic, um, especially when you look at our two uh, Ghostbusters movies that we. Mm-hmm. I know I love both. I, I can't remember your feelings on the second one, but I think yeah, it's fine. Fantastic I mean, it's, it's great because it's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Better, th- better than all the rest of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, well, what, why don't we move on to Olin? All right. Olin says, oh, I got a short one. Watched <laughs> a while back. Felt like Harold Ramis's character carried me through the film while Bill Murray's shone brightly, but got a bit tiresome. Three out of five for Olin. Ouch. Well, uh, yeah, and I, I think we were... Um, I think we're pretty much on the same page with that. Um, Megan the Librarian writes it and says, <clears throat> and I quote, Stupid man, join army. Boogies. Ha ha ha. One star. Uh, yes, I saw this review on Letterboxd as well. <laughs> Before I watched yes. the movie and I just commented and I said, uh-oh. Uh, for, I, I, hope I, did, uh, I hope I did the caveman impression that Megan the Librarian asked for justice. Uh, I'm sure she will write in and let me know that it was or was not good enough. Um, Megan I the Librarian about, and Brendan the Caveman. I thought about trying to do it as the uh, Phil Hartman on unfro- Frozen Caveman Lawyer, but I didn't think that would go over as well. So yeah, um, I didn't think there were as many boobies in this as Megan the Librarian's review led me to think. I mean, there's some nudity, but there not- was a couple of different. I mean, the entire mud mud wrestling scene devolves into boobies, and then there's True. the shower scene boobies and then there's boobies in the um i'm just gonna keep saying boobies you are yes um, you are <laughs> yes there are boobies 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 throughout this movie yeah. and booby traps so uh, um yeah uh i mean i mean it's yeah i don't know if i would say he's necessarily stupid he's just a jackass right he didn't, like he didn't seem stupid he actually seemed relatively smart right um, fair enough yeah, yeah. and la- i do lazy think man it's lazy man joins army i would have much <laughs> rather actually watched as we're talking about like stupid man joining the army i would have rather watched the whole movie be about them living in new york and right. the movie ends with them joining the army like i thought everything in new york was much more enjoyable and relatable and interesting to me like we watch harold ramus's character russell uh teaching and being an english asshole yeah. english teacher and yeah. we see you know we see winger as a as a terrible taxi driver yeah 
So, yep. uh, and then their girlfriends break up with them and things like that. That would have been more interesting, I think, than them actually going to the army. Yep. All right, well, I'm finally... going to end on another high note, so why don't you tell us what Jim yeah. said? All right, well, Jim, on a high note, uh, Jim says, Stripes is a bit dated, but watching it is a good way to celebrate Flag Day. Oh, nice connection to the calendar, Jim. Uh, many of the jokes still hit, and there are some great performances. The plot meanders a bit, and the part in Europe doesn't make too much sense. Still a fun time. Four out of five for Jim. Four out of five for Jim Crumley. All right. And that's going to average us to a 2.6 for the listeners. Nice. So oh. right down the middle. Yeah, Jim and Jeff carrying the water for this movie. Megan and Stefan, not an Olin right in the middle. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, I... Uh, I think this is going to be one of my lowest that I've had and it sucks. I, it's not how I want it to come in, especially yeah, I, because like a couple listeners really enjoy this one. So I wish that I liked it better. I just mm-hmm. don't it just, I didn't have fun watching it. And I like, there could, it could have, I mean, this cast, it could have been a, this cast in a movie about a bunch of idiots joining the army could have been really fun and funny. Right. And there's it, just like a lot of lost potential that we didn't yeah. get. I uh, wish they had the sensibility of their, comedic chops from you know 1988 to 1991 era to rewrite this movie like i wish we could well and you've got ivan reitman directing it i mean there's just like this on paper should be a great movie and i guess for some people it is for me it's not so i'm gonna give it a two fair enough fair enough one star for bill murray one star for harold ramos and i think i'm right there with you and i feel bad saying this is the worst movie we watched this year i mean but at this point, I mean, giving it that score would make it the worst movie we've watched this year. And I feel really bad saying that. Um, is this movie worse than The Rider, which I also gave a 2.5? Um, I can't say that it is. I don't think it's worse than The Rider. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're both unique in their own ways. Um, and certainly, as we said with that movie, the performances are good. Mm-hmm. It's just that the material there was something lacking. We we mm-hmm. wanted more from both films, so I think I have to give it the exact same score that I gave the writer, and that's gonna be a two point five for me. Nice. Well, and that it's gonna average us to a two point three six, which we'll bump up to a two point five for what I lost. All right. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's another time and place when this movie might have worked better for me or, you know, maybe if I was in a different mood, I would have been better. I just really like when as I was watching, I was just kind of like, why can't the whole thing be them singing do a diddy as they're marching down the street? Because that's so far. Also, I uh, mean, the fact that it is a little jarring, as some of these movies often do, when it tries to get serious at the end with throwing in them getting captured by an actual foreign country and them having right. to rescue them it's like it suddenly becomes an actual action movie mm-hmm. and that's kind yeah, of they just little... it, well it's sort of like what we talk I and mean, this is good good to get us into connections it's kind of yeah. like what we talked about with mash last week that mash right. had to have some sort of big finale which they did a football game and right. in this they do some sort of actual right. like they and I mean, which is connection again which is exactly what they do with tropic thunder mm. where they get captured by actual gorillas in the jungle and have to figure out how to get out of it. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's not dissimilar to that war comedy as well. So, in Tropic Thunder, I mean, you know, we're not connecting to that because that's the first season. But I do think that's an interesting discussion point because Tropic Thunder worked better as a comedy. Despite the problematic jokes that are in that, right. it still had other jokes that didn't just rely on the raunchiness. 
Um, so I think that that's an example of a movie that that did a good job of balancing the humor. Part of the reason for that is that it had a lot of serious actors pretending like being serious, which was the joke. Mm-hmm. Like the joke was how serious their characters were taking the movie. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, the right, reason, you know what I mean? Like the whole reason their characters work is because of how serious they are taking the roles. Mm-hmm. Because everything else around them is so absurd. Like, it, yeah. it helps amplify the comedy. Yeah. Whereas, you know, this just straight up leans into the other side of that, which is, like, we're going to use the raunchy comedy to enhance the movie, and that just doesn't really work so much. Yeah. Um. All right, well, we're not connecting to Tropic Thunder. That was last No, we're week. not. It but can be your movie map if you it want. It can be but, movie map. Uh, let's talk about connections to Nat, MASH, not Nashville, to MASH. Um. So I have a couple written down to yep. start. The first is the first shot of the movie. We open on an army aircraft. So yeah. just like MASH, we open on an army aircraft. Yeah, and I mean, we're also promoting the army in this movie pretty heavily, just like we were in MASH with the PA system and the TV commercial. Yeah. Um, you know, we and then M- it's, we have MPs playing an important yeah, role. Important um, roles. Uh, we have a uh, nude shower scene. Yes, the moon shower scene. Um, I wrote down Peeping Toms as the connection. Peeping Toms, a couple of them. Yep. And we just, I mean, you know, this is the main thing that we said is just we have assholes joining the armed forces, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Specifically, like, assholes who are racist and sexist. Right. And homophobic as well. There are definitely some gay jokes in this movie. Um, Another one I wrote down was Unwanted Photos. Yeah. So in both movies, we have in the beginning of this, uh, Winger is taking a picture of the lady in the back of the of the taxi cab because he's a he's a photographer. Right. Which never really plays another role in this. Um, and we have the the photos when they're in Japan in MASH last week. Oh, right. True. True. Uh, one other connection to MASH that I uh, I realized as I was looking and we were talking about this. So mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Quaid, Bill Paxton, both have small roles in this movie. I did not mm-hmm. notice them in either, uh, but they are big names who show up at the end of the cast list early on. In MASH, we oh, had Sylvester Stallone with, uh, with oh, a yeah, small true. role. Playing a random soldier, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, Timothy Busfield apparently played a random soldier. I didn't recognize him either, but he's a pretty well-known that guy. Um, you would probably remember him as the first baseman in Little Big League. I never saw Little Big League. Uh, okay. Well, our listeners might. But he uh, is uh, he is in Revenge of the Nerds, another yeah, raunchy eighties comedy, one that I really liked a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. He's um, the uh, redheaded nerd with the curly okay. hair. Yeah. Uh, and now he's a little bit older, and in his picture, he kind of looks like Donald Sutherland. Yeah. So, um, all right. Any other connections to Mash that you have? Uh, not specifically, but we may come up with some as we talk through some stuff. All right. What about connections to other season two movies? Yeah, season two movies. So we've got obviously. Um, Lots of following the leader, uh, marching in place, repeating what your what your leader tells you to do, which is Life of Brian mm. and Spartacus. Um, mm. You know, Spartacus is all about volunteering to join an army, but that's tied to slavery instead of an actual enlistment. Um, what else? There was a movie where something uh, someone got drafted. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't remember any. I'm trying to think of the was it Dirty yeah. Dancing? Uh, possibly. Um, there no, was a, there was an actor in this who was also in Dirty Dancing. I noticed. Uh, 
Roberto oh, yeah. Langton? Nope. Uh, I don't. I'd have to click him to see who it was, but okay. I did notice. It's probably a background actor. Um, uh, it was Antoine. Antoine Pagan was okay. in Dirty Dancing. Uh, Antoine Pagan, who played Hector in this. Okay. And in Dirty Dancing, played Staff Kid. Okay. So. Great. Good job, <laughs> yeah. Staff Kid. Nice Congratulations. Job, uh, um, let's see. So we open in New York City. Um, lots of crazy cab rides in Mean Streets. Um, there's a crazy cab ride in Mean Streets, oh, and yeah. in this. That's a good. That's a great connection. Nice. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, we end with a tricked out van in this. We have a tricked out truck in Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Where they're trying to get through the jungle and they have and to a tricked out boat in Fitzcarraldo. Good point. Tricked out boat. Um, what else? That might be it. There might not be other ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, with those. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, I think our movie map is probably Traffic Thunder. Oh no, not um, for me. Okay. What you got? I, I was gonna say our movie map is very obvious. So why do you say Traffic Thunder? Well, I have one other one. Um, the the other one. So Traffic Thunder is obviously because it's a parody. Um, wartime film comedy, um, yep. yeah, f- film comedy starring, you know, two people that are too funny to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in built Bill, Bill, in uh, Bed Stiller and Jack Black. Um, and then this also has that same thing, and things get out of control and serious, and they don't, you know, they have to figure out their way out of it. You know, as we talked about. The right. other one I thought about, um, so After Hours has um, the, the New York stuff, which I thought was pretty similar um, as far as cab ride, running around New York, trying to figure out what to do with your life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, Bill Murray is trying to figure out what to do with his life, and so is our lead character in After Hours. I also thought about... Um, well, I mean, there's one but, obvious one, and this is yeah, well, and, last week we picked this, the obvious one is Groundhog Day. Yeah, um, Harold the Ramis. other one I thought of was what we do in the shadows because it's a parody. It's a parody of a genre that isn't often parodied. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like you know, what we do in the shadows is doing a homage and parody to the you know um, uh, vampire horror movie. movies of the right. 1930s and 40s. Whereas this is doing a comedy of you know the old classic war movies that you don't often see turned into comedies so there you go yeah Uh, sorry go ahead with what you were gonna say i mean groundhog i just think groundhog day is like the obvious one as the Um, natural connections yeah i mean that's Harold ramis and bill murray you know it's a comedy uh you know about 10 years after this 12 years after this movie comes out uh it was i believe their last movie together before they had that big falling out um but i can't say for sure so um, it's my recollection as well. From yeah, that I mean, and I'm sure Stripes came up. Let me look. I, I would almost imagine. I imagine know, it definitely did. Stripes came up after Groundhog and Day. So did Let's... probably Caddyshack did too. Um, uh, yeah, it, it came up after Groundhog Day, it looks like. Let's see who suggested it. Let's Stephon. <laughs> nah, I don't think it was Stefan back then. Uh, oh, okay. So it was uh, Jim Crumley rec- uh, suggested Stripes right. last year. Uh, and Jeff said that he would suggest stripes, but it's too obvious. <laughs> so Jeff That's agrees with my movie map. Well, uh, are we uh, are we gonna bring up? Let's not bring up Groundhog Day to do again then. 
<laughs> that would be very funny. Uh, no, we're not going to be Groundhog Day again. Uh, and then our, uh, all right. So then finally, our title connection uh, that we're going to put in the description of this or in the title of this podcast, which everybody yep. is going to see before we decide on it. Although we already decided on this one. Raunchy, raunchy military comedies. Is- yeah, there you go. Raunchy military comedy. I'll take it. It's all right. Uh, better than assholes in the military because our military is not assholes. Uh, you know. All right. Well, yep. with that, uh, anything else on stripes you want to uh, get out there? Uh, no, no. I think we pretty well covered it. Um, let's let's move on to listener connections. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing from uh, the people who loved it while we were wrong. So. <laughs> I look forward. Yeah, I look forward to people sliding into my DMs to either praise us or bash us. Yes. Uh, Bash Brothers. All right. Well, let's get into our connections now. Uh, this is going to be connections. I'm trying to change what I'm calling this segment because I keep calling it connections, which really connections is what we just did. Uh, so let me try that again. Let's get into our this next movie. Yeah. Our suggestions for next movie. Listener suggestions. I don't know. I need a better name for this segment, but listener connections really connections is the stuff back. So we're looking for suggestions, listener suggestions, host suggestions. Um, yeah, maybe we'll call it listener suggestions. <laughs> I change horses in midstream. Right. What are we doing uh, here? Let's let's, okay, <laughs> here we go. Let's find out what we're going to watch next. That's how we'll start opening this segment. Let's find out what we're going to watch next. And we're going to do that by reading off listener suggestions and host suggestions. We will put these all in our Letterboxd watch list. So if you're looking for something to watch, check out that watch list, the movie ladder on Letterboxd. And uh, then we will get into a final four because there's just the two of us so we're going to pick one listener suggestion one host suggestion go into the finals and then somehow we're going to decide what we're watching next week all right i thought that was very good i'm going to just say that was my best intro to the what we're going to watch next (laughs) segment all right so starting with jeff so he's going to let his wife go first and his wife jean suggests does your back hurt why, because I'm carrying this podcast? No, because you were just patting yourself on the back oh. pretty hard there, Brooksy. <laughs> I'm going to say because I'm carrying the podcast. Uh, so Jean, oh, Jeff's wife, suggests we're the Millers for the connection of go. the Winnebago. Oh, nice. Um, there's another Winnebago connection she could have suggested that also is a cast connection to this movie. Maybe it'll come up. Uh, Jeff's suggestions. First is Uncle Buck, because of John Candy. Plays mm-hmm. trains and automobiles, because of John Candy. Private Benjamin for the military comedy, and Grand Budapest Hotel for Bill Murray. Grand Budapest. I, I watched Grand, Grand Budapest, Budapest last year, and I really like it as well. Uh, I don't remember Bill Murray in it very much. I either. don't remember him in it either. I much more remember uh, F. Murray Abraham. And... Right. And uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes as well. Ralph, yeah, Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Olin suggests uh, Full Metal Jacket from 1987. Nice. Maybe the ultimate Get Trained Up for the Army film. Yep. Well, especially for one half of it. I was going to correct you. And I was yeah, say, well, I, um, I had a uh, I had a connection that I was going to say when it was um, when I was going to suggest Full Metal Jacket, but I'm not going to suggest it now. And that's that the drill sergeant calls Bill Murray private private Joker, basically. Oh, private yeah. Joker is a character in Full Metal Jacket. So there you go. And Full Metal Jacket was after oh after this movie. Yep. Wow. 1987 was Full yeah. Metal Jacket. Or I didn't think late? it was that late, but yeah. Because I almost would have thought that this movie was parodying. Like, these, the characters yeah. do kind of remind me of some of the characters from Full Metal Jacket. So. Sure. I mean, you know, you have, uh, you know, you have Vincent D'Onofrio's character who basically looks a lot like Ox. Ox, yeah. You know? And you really could say either Russell or Winger are both like Private Joker. I mean, kind of that, like, skinny everyman. Uh, I would say R- Russell a little bit more so. 
Yeah, um, I, I've been calling him Jeff Winger in my head just because I've been watching a lot of community, but it is Josh. Josh Wiggler. That's what it's Josh Wiggler. Right. Josh Wiggler. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, then uh, all his next connection. Oh, tell me if this one sounds familiar. Private Benjamin from 1980. Oh, so <laughs> this is becoming my go-to link recently. Not that I feel compelled to watch it, but it is a strong link once again. Yep. Finally, 1990. Or sorry, 2014 draft day. Yeah. Uh, after watching Ivan Reitman film about volunteers, here is a film about uh, about being drafted. Oh, that's yep. I like that. That's fun. Uh, Kevin Costner aims to win the offseason for the Cleveland Browns. I, I did laugh when the drill sergeant told the um the the enlisted private guy that the draft was over because mm-hmm. he's like, why did you sign up? And he's like, I just didn't want to get drafted. And he's like. The, the draft is over, son. There is no draft anymore. That was good. Yeah, that was did, funny. Uh, and that I is a connection really like back that. to MASH as well, because yeah, there was a lot a, of, like, why are How did he wind up being a doctor? He was drafted. He was drafted, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was, I did like that. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, so go, we'll go back and we'll edit that into when we're, <laughs> when we're bashing this movie, we can have that as a fun part. Bash All right. Works. Stefan's suggestion is up in the air, because Jason Reitman directed it. Ooh. Um, so father, we've Ivan. had a lot of fathers and sons, although I don't know if Ivan Reitman is a terrible father, like the other fathers we've had in this matter. Sure, uh, and then fantastic. Mr. Fox, Bill Murray's mm-hmm. voice and the only good Wes Anderson film. Ooh, Stefan have something in common because Ob doesn't like Wes Anderson. And then uh, chariots of fire, 1981 best picture Oscar winner, or at least Oscar winner. I don't know if it was best picture. films. All right. Yeah, um, I do feel like the the score of Chariots of Fire, like you know that same like instrumental. Or, yeah, uh, and we did have. I don't know if this was the score in Stripes was specific for Stripes, but it was like a. It seemed very like like something I've heard before. So I don't know if it was a famous song that they used as yeah. the backing vocal or the backing uh song. But don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jim Crumley, his uh, he said his suggestion is another movie with a Flag Day connection and some prominent marching. The 1952 John Philip Sousa biography, Stars and Stripes Forever. He said he can only find it streaming on YouTube, but he did give us the YouTube link. So, uh, but I'm going to just say search for it on YouTube if we pick it, because otherwise you're going to have to type in V equals capital A H R blah 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 blah. All right, then Megan the Librarian. Let's see if we can do something better than a half star for her next week. Spider-Man 2, 2004. The scenes of Bill Murray's life before he joined the army reminded me a lot of Peter Parker's sad existence as portrayed in Spider-Man 2, though Peter had an actual reason for being a screw-up, unlike this guy. Next one. Tell me if you heard this one before. Draft Day 2014, directed by Ivan Reitman. The one guy in Stripes says he joined up to avoid the draft. How about a movie about people who want to be drafted? Uh, I think Megan and, and Olin were in lockstep last week as well, I believe. Um, and finally, 1991, Thelma and Louise, like Stripes, Thelma and Louise is about two close friends who ditch their crappy lives and seek out a new adventure. And I'm just saying, after the last two weeks, it would be nice to see a woman or a movie where women are more than just the butt of the joke. All right. Well, those are our listener suggestions. And uh, let's do our host suggestions now. Uh, Should I go first or second, Brendan? All right, I'll go first, since you're still on mute, because you're still typing, I think. All right. 
So, uh, uh, yeah, I went first last week, so you get to go first this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, I did have Private Benjamin on my list, so I'll leave that one off, but yep. uh, suggested multiple times. First one, uh, a military comedy that I think is much funnier than Stripes, uh, also starring SNL alums. That is Sergeant Bilko. We even talked nice. about Phil Hartman, and I believe Phil Hartman is in Sergeant Bilko. Yes, he is. All right. Yes. He uh, plays the uh, drill sergeant, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. He's like the villain. He's like the John Larroquette yeah. role. John Larroquette. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't yeah. be an. I wouldn't be a new one for either of us, but no, it wouldn't. But it would be the first time I've watched it since the nineties. So okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we could just go right to Mikhail's Navy after that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then Down Periscope starring Kelsey Grammer. Oh right, and Down Periscope. Yeah. And Jonathan Penner starring Kelsey Grammer oh. and Jonathan Penner. Oh, funny. there you go. All right, next one. Uh, I cannot believe this was not suggested. All-time yeah. classic. That's Ghostbusters. Good so. job. They knew they, the listeners must have known one of us would do yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like nobody wanted to take the low hanging fruit. So yeah, exactly, exactly. They knew um, one of us would do it. All right, uh, another movie I've brought up before, one that I liked as a kid, starring John Larroquette, and also another actor who was in this movie, which was uh, who was it? Uh, John Deal, who plays Cruiser. Got it. Who's one of the other uh, the other guys in this? That is Madhouse. Okay. Guest who will not go away. John Larroquette is the lead in that, so we could honor John Larroquette's. Great role in this movie, doing that house. Um, and then I'll pick one more, and I'm debating between two, and I'm going to move away from the 80s comedy and not do this one. Maybe it'll come up on yours, otherwise it'll be an also rant. So I'm going to say uh, there was a character named Psycho in this, and uh, why not do Psycho? And again, uh, a women showering scene is another connection as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. new shower scene and, uh, and Psycho title. All right, fair enough. Um, I really wanted to pick a movie that has uh, Warren Oates, the actor who played the sergeant, the drill sergeant in it. So I went back to 1969's The Wild Bunch, which is a uh, Western that is one of the movies that sparked the um, new era in Hollywood, as they called it, um, from the early 70s. Um, so wanted to throw that in there for Warren Oates. Um, nice. Also... Uh, Bill Murray gets his car repossessed at the beginning, so I thought of another comedy involving a car getting repossessed, and that's Repo Men. And then um, I also wanted to throw in a Bill Murray blind spot for me, and I wanted to throw in Lost in Translation, because I've never actually watched Lost in Translation, and I hear great things. Um, Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with Lost in Translation. I, I was going to do Chicago, but since your brother's podcast just did it, I'm not going to throw it out there. What's but, the connection to Chicago? Uh, Razzle Dazzle is a song oh. in Chicago. Okay. And then he says Razzle Dazzle um, a couple of times. Bill Murray says Razzle Dazzle a couple of times. So I will go with the Judge Reinhold connection that I wanted to do. Um, and I thought I was going back and forth between whether I wanted to do Beverly Hills Cop 1 or 2. I actually enjoyed Beverly Hills Cop 2 more. So oh, wow. I'm going to throw in Beverly Hills Cop 2 for the Judge Reinhold connection. Um, interesting. Um, I, I did have Beverly Hills Cop 1 as a as yeah. my one of my also-rans. Also-ran? Nice. Um, and yeah, I did have Full Metal Jacket on there, and other people obviously took it. Um, I jokingly had In the Army with Polly Shore and Andy Dick in, the Army in now. my also-rans, because that was, you know, it's pretty much a remake of this movie. Like yeah, and that's one of my few Polly Shore blind spots, actually. I, I yeah. like Polly Shore movies. I think they're fun. Um, also, I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but Renaissance Man starring Danny DeVito mm-hmm. is a 90s comedy where he is recruited to be a teacher of new recruits in the Army, and I thought that was an interesting connection 
with Harold Ramis' character. Um, other than that, not too much else that wasn't already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I did have an, as an also ran for the song Do Wa Diddy uh, yeah. is, uh, me, uh, is not Mean Girls. My, My Girl. Girl. Yeah. yeah. I thought about um, that too. Yeah. Also, the teacher in that reminds me of Harold Ramis in this movie. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd plays her father. Of course, yeah. he's one of the Ghostbusters. So, Absolutely. Um, we we'll do uh, Ghostbusters I don't, next week. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> we can do it next week. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm in the mood to see uh, the bees. So. Fair enough. All right, Brennan. Why don't you read off what we got for suggestions? All and then right. We'll... Let's get to it. So we have We're the Millers, Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Private Benjamin, Grand Budapest Hotel, Full Metal Jacket, Private Benjamin again, Giraffe Day, Up in the Air, The Fantastic Mr. Cox, Chariots of Fire, Stars of Stretch Forever, Speederman 2, Giraffe Day again, Thelma Louise, Sergeant Bilko, Ghostbusters, Madhouse, Psycho, The Wild Bunch, Rico Men, Lost in Translation, and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Is... Is it Repo Men or Repo Man? It was Repo Men. Is there also a movie called Repo Man? Because there's a movie called Repo Man that I thought was a, uh, was like a, a sci-fi movie. Right. The one with Harold D- Harry Dean Stanton. Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, maybe I'm not even thinking of a movie called Repo Man. I'm thinking, I'm talking about, there was a comedy starring two actors in the 80s where they were, yeah, that's Repo oh. Man. Oh, it's Repo Man. Okay. There's a movie Fine. called Repo Man from 2010 starring Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, that's not uh, what I was looking for. Directed by Miguel Sabotnik, who uh, I think yeah. did Game of Thrones episodes, right? Yeah. Isn't that what? Um, yeah. So, that's all right, Repo mean. Man is what you, That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought you were talking yeah, about Repo, Repo Man. Man. You kept okay, saying right. Repo Man. All I don't know right. why I thought it was Repo Man, but yeah, Repo Man. All right, well, you go first. All right, so I am going to pick... Something from the listener list, and it's come up several times in a row. It's been suggested not twice today, but twice previously, and then once again this week. Let's throw Private Benjamin back in the mix. It did come up twice today. Did it? Yeah. Jeff and Olin. Oh, yeah, you're right. it was on my list, and I took it off my list. And it was was on other people's list. Two and a half half times. I think it came up twice last week. Made the finals last week. We even said we might just do it next. So, yeah. uh, I do think Private Benjamin might be the leader in the clubhouse, just based on how many times it's been suggested, and that I think it's probably a blind spot for a lot of people, including you. So, uh, but we'll see. Um, You know, I wouldn't be mad if any of Also, it's a war movie starting a comedic actor. Um, at the jump start of their career, like this is one of Gold. It's one of Goldie Hawn's earliest movies. Um, right. And also, as Megan brought up, it would be nice to have a movie where the women are not the butt of the joke next week, or at least get to stand up for themselves and and really like game. have some development where we are, don't just say, well, one was played by Sean Young and couldn't. Exactly. Exactly. All for right. Sure. Uh, yeah, Private Benjamin. That's yours. I was going to pick that as well. Um. What do I want to pick? Um, to, to list or list, looking through list or list. Uh, I'll just go with Full Metal Jacket because I'm never going to say no to Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, and I think the connections are pretty strong as well. I think they are too, especially the private choker connection. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with Full Metal Jacket. I watched it in Kubrick class when I was in college. I've seen it. I want to take Kubrick friends. class. That sounds great. No, Kubrick class was great. I loved it. Um, big, big fan of Full Metal Jacket. I wouldn't be sad if we picked it. Um, mm-hmm. It would be our first Kubrick, would it not? 
No, because we did Spartacus. Oh, yeah, we did do Spartacus. Duh. But that might be the only other Kubrick, even though it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite directors. Um, it would be uh, our second Kubrick this year. It would. <laughs> it would be our second Kubrick of the year. Um, yeah. Kubrick year. Kubrick year. All, All right. right. What are you um, going to pick so up I my list? Pick something from your list. And, I mean, we would have such a good time talking about Ghostbusters. And it's the summer. People love a summer blockbuster. People love a summer comedy. Let's go from a movie with Harold Ramis and Bill Murray that no, didn't work for our audience to one that is a guaranteed crowd pleaser. Hey, it worked for a couple people in our audience. I'm throwing I'm throwing Ghostbusters into the mix. Yeah. Also, there is a Ghostbusters sequel coming out this year as well. There is. I don't know when. It was supposed to come out last year. I have no I idea when it's coming out. out. You would think in the summer. It's a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't heard anything about a release date. Let's see. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is what it's called. Yep. And I know it got canned last summer. Wait, June 11th, 2011. That's not right. That's the other one. That's the other one. No, that's June 11th, 20, or sorry, 2021. I said 2011. Uh, June 11th, 2021. That's, that's this weekend. Uh, wait, what? Did that come out? Where is it? uh, According to Google, it came out this weekend. I think that is incorrect, sir. Yeah, IMDb says November 11th, 2021. That makes more sense. Um, it's a typo. Why yeah. isn't this coming out in the summertime, though? Because really? Because people are stupid. Um, because studios are think? stupid. I mean, well, I guess we'll talk about it if we pick Ghostbusters next week. But do you think, I mean, Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, directed by Jason Reitman. But uh, the trailer just looks so god-awful. Yeah. Um... Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray are back. Um, right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that one next week. Uh, also, sure. before somebody, before Olin or somebody else slides into my DMs and says Repo Man is not a comedy, I don't believe Repo Man is actually a comedy. Um, <laughs> are so you sure you were my, even thinking about that movie? I, I don't even it was like know. A what I, I think I was. Com- I think I was uh, conflating it with a completely different movie. So never mind. Uh, repo comedy movie. Let's see. It might be a black comedy. Oh, there's a movie called Repos. No, this is definitely not the movie you're talking about. Repos. All right. This... Anyway, back, back to the picks. Back to the picks. What's your final pick? Let's uh, get this over with. We dragged this out long enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's see. My last pick. Replace, yeah, Repo, Man. Is... Re- replace Repo Man with Chicago. No, you leave Repo picking. Man. I'm not going to pick either. So it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> uh, I'm picking Lost in Translation. Because it's a blind spot for you. It's a classic. Yeah. Uh, it is... Um, Done by, there's a good connection. It's done by Sofia Coppola, yep. son of a famous director, and uh, Ivan Reitman, father of a famous director, Jason Reitman. So it's kind yep. of a nice little. Well, Sofia Coppola is a daughter of a famous director, but sure. That's what, what did I say? Son? She said son. So, son but whatever. Child. Yeah. Child, child of child a famous though. director yeah. versus father of a famous director. Yeah. Um, um, all yeah, right. I think it's between Private Benjamin and Lost in Translation, if you want me to be honest. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I was going to say Private Benjamin and Ghostbusters. Uh, but, all right, so Full Metal Jacket, you're excluded. You're gone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love you, Kubrick, but... Forget you, Kubrick, I go home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there'll yeah. be another chance to do more Kubrick movies. Absolutely. Um, I'm all kind right. of enjoying Comedy Month. Um, Are we doing so Comedy Month? I guess we technically are. Technically, um, I mean, comedies that aren't really comedies. <laughs> uh, so the one thing I will say is if we wanted to kind of direct the ladder in a certain way, 
There is a military movie that you and I are both excited for that's coming out in yeah, early July. Yeah, that's why we're going with Private Benjamin. Let's not d- d- cut that no. out. Cut that out. No, we won't <laughs> cut that out. It's fine. That's why we're going with Private Benjamin. People can hear behind the curtain. Uh, so Private Benjamin, Ghostbusters, and what was the other one? Lost in Translation? Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, honestly, though, like... Uh, no, I would love to watch a Goldie Hawn starring movie. I mean, she's, she's fantastic. Uh, um, right. I don't think I've seen this since I was a little kid and it was on HBO, so I have zero memory of it. Um, it's got a really good cast. Um, I'm yeah, I think we should watch Private Benjamin. I think it, I think it, people would enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So Private Benjamin, uh, not Sean Fennessy. So Owen's gonna love it because Sean Fennessy did not like Private Benjamin. Um, oh, man, it's one I haven't seen since I was a kid. You have it marked as watched, but you said I know, but I'm you know I, I'm, I have no memory of it, so. Yeah. Uh, Nolan wants to watch it. Megan the Librarian wants to watch it. So, uh, yeah, so it's it's playing on Hoopla. So you might have to rent for it uh, or get it at your local library as well. Um, and it's a military comedy starring Goldie Hawn, directed by yeah. Howard Zeif. Oh, wow. Uh, he directed My Girl. So uh, do on Diddy, Diddy Dumb, Diddy Do. It takes yeah. place the year before, uh, or it, it was filmed the year before Stripe. So we're, we're going... Back a year back to 1980. Um, yeah. All right. There yeah, you go. That's, I, that's good. You know, I last week we really struggled with our choice. This week, it's nice that we just had like a quick, uh, a quick decision. So yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, Armando Sante, who uh, is most famous for playing John Gotti in the uh, the uh, John Gotti movie that was um, a TV movie. Nope. Then we've got uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who everybody loves from no, Alien. Just, so we can go to Repo Man then. Next. Albert Brooks. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll let people find out the cast when they watch the movie next week. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So this is another listener pick, even though it was technically on my list, but the listeners got yep. to it first, um, yep. which does give the listeners an advantage because we always read their picks first and then they get taken off of it, our it list. It really, really does. Uh, do you have an updated scoreboard, though? Yeah, so it's going to be with with a third in a row win for the listeners. It's going to be 14 for the listeners, five for you, five for me, and one guest pick. Hmm, okay, uh, and this is going to be movie number 25 next week. Yeah. So, um, cool. All right. Well, congratulations to the listeners, although you are at that advantage where sometimes you take our choices. But yep. um, congratulations to who had Private Benjamin? Jeff? Well, and, people last week, a couple of people this week. Couple, so good uh, Jeff and Olin both this week. Uh, last week we had, let's see. Megan suggested it last week. Um, um, maybe somebody see. else. Olin might have. I think Olin suggested it last week because he said this is becoming his recurring pick. Let's see. uh, Pulling it up right now. Do 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 do. Come on, Google Docs. Because I'm curious. Uh, Olin suggested it last week. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Great. Well, here we go. Olin is getting what he wishes. Olin, congratulations. Let's see if Private Benjamin has come up any other times. Do you think it has? Um, I it may have last year. Um, so that that does remind me of any of our uh, listeners that suggested this last week or this week, Jeff or Owen want to send in a voice review. We will be happy to play it on the podcast for Private Benjamin. So go ahead and send that in if you want, or we will read your review on the pod. Owen also suggested Private Benjamin after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as well. Okay. Uh, but doesn't look like it ever came up last year. Interesting. According to Google. Oh, right. So, uh, Private Benjamin, yep, it is, again, is streaming on Hoopla, if you have access to that through your library. Uh, it is also rentable. It's cheap to rent. It's only $1.99 on Amazon. 
or nice. YouTube or Google, it says. Uh, you even can buy it for $5.99. So if you really like well, it, buy it. Uh, or get a, you know, check it out. Check out the DVD slash Blu-ray from your local library. It's another way to watch it. That sounds great. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about Private Benjamin. So, uh, Benjamin, or Brendan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you, uh, you going to be watching this week? Uh, yeah, so let's see. What am I going to watch this week? I don't have too much on the horizon um i did just pick my criterion for this week the upcoming list is the top 10 films of martin scorsese so martin scorsese has his own criterion list um where occasionally they'll ask a director to pick 10 films that influence them um i am going to go with the 1940s italian drama paisan Mm, okay. um so excited to check that out it's martin scorsese's number one recommendation so that must mean it's pretty decent i hope um excited to check it out and then uh other than that not much this is else gotta be megan the librarian's favorite week of the criterion challenge because she's yeah. such a big scorsese fan yeah it should be so. a good one um i believe no sudden move also is dropping on um hbo oh. max this weekend, the new uh, Soderbergh movie. Oh, so excited to check that out. I believe that yeah. drops this weekend on HBO Max. So Ooh, I can steer my personal ladder that way because I just watched Hail Caesar on my personal <laughs> ladder. So I can watch Out of Sight, which is supposed to be a lot like No Sudden Move. So uh, I need George Clooney to Out of Sight. Uh, so for me, I'm going to, I'll just bookend this and say I'm going to watch the Atlanta season finale, season two finale at some point. Um, yep. Also going to watch. Fast 6 and Fast 7, hopefully, in the next nice. week, so that Mac and I can record another podcast as we are racing to try to watch all of these before Fast 9 comes out on the 25th. So, that sounds uh, great. pending his schedule, that we'll take a look and see if that is coming out, hopefully this week. Um, also, I mean, Loki has been really fun. Excited oh, yeah, Loki's been great, episode yes. two of Loki to drop tomorrow. Tomorrow. So, Exciting. I'll have to wake up. I know, it's so weird to have that show dropping on Wednesdays. Yeah, but, and it's, um, like, not Wednesday night. It's Wednesday morning. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's so like... It's, like Tuesday is podcast day, right? I'm, we're, right. We record exactly. and we edit the podcast on Tuesdays, and then it's like you wake up the next morning and Loki's out. I completely forgot Loki was coming out. Yeah, so I, I I am excited to wake up early in the morning and watch that. Um, I'm wrong about no sudden move. It doesn't come out till July first. My bad. Oh, I'm glad all right, I got it a couple weeks. All right. Yep, got a couple weeks for that. Well, good to keep that in mind because I do want to see yeah. that, and I can kind of steer my personal ladder that yeah. direction. I thought there was another movie that I wanted to see dropping on HBO Max this weekend, but I can't find it, so maybe not um i mean it is summer movie season it is summer movie season um i am going to check out quiet place whenever that drops on paramount plus that's supposed to go be to the theater for that um, that's a good theater movie is it worth the theater though yeah. i don't know i mean it's, i have I mean, a fandango like, credit the so silence yeah. is so important you know like the silence is such a big thing in that um I would say that that is. I do a, want to watch Quiet Place too. I have a couple of. Um, go to, go to the I, I have that. several podcasts I've been saving for that yeah, one. Yeah, go, so. go to the theater to see that one. All right, uh, all right, all Luca right. is coming out on Friday. Is that the one you were thinking of? No, I don't know what that okay. is. That's oh, Pixar, that's the that's the, the Pixar, Pixar movie, movie, right? Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's hard to find movies that are coming out like release dates because it's you're not just looking for theater release dates. No, it's insane. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's coming out. Maybe not. Maybe I'm. You know. I don't know when anything is anymore. Time's meaningless. Let's see. Upcoming theater. Upcoming on Rotten Tomatoes. What do we got? Anything? Um, hmm, no, I don't know, Brendan. Right, uh, opening. Oh, here we go. Opening, uh, opening this week. But this is just theaters. There's not a good way to see opening this week that includes streaming. So, nope. hey, um, get get your get your act together, Rotten Tomatoes. 
or something. Like, Blaine, give Scarlet me a way that I can see what movies are coming out. I'm sure uh, there will be something interesting that drops this weekend that I watch that I will talk about next week, and I'll be like, hey, did you hear about this? So there yeah. you go. All right. Well, you'll see probably, maybe it'll be Quiet Place too. So. Maybe it'll be Quiet Place too. Let's and see. it definitely will be Private Benjamin, because that's what it we're not watching next week. So we will see you next week to talk about Private Benjamin's and other military comedy as we continue Military Comedy Month here on the Movie Ladder Podcast. Yeah.